There's a pox on my house. Ladies and gentlemen, there is a pox on my house. I'm not talking small pox like we tried to give the aboriginals. I'm talking about um, vomiting and diarrhea pox. The shit pox, I guess we'd call it. Picture it. Winnipeg. 2015. Two days ago. Three days ago, sorry. Um, so come Wednesday morning, Malcolm and I are doing our morning thing. I feed my child breakfast on the couch because I'm a terrible father and it just works. I just find it just works. We both chill out. He eats his toast. I drink my coffee and we both kind of just chill out and make the day go by. Do you know what I mean? Right. So he's sitting on the couch. He hasn't had breakfast yet. We've just woken up and um, I hear this, which um, to the layman is a gag. And I'm like, what the fuck? So I look over and he's puking um, on the blanket and down his pajamas and all over the couch. And I'm like, oh my God, Malcolm, are you okay? And he's like, yeah. And then he barfs again. And I was like, fuck, wait. And then it's like, panic, panic. Okay, get the bowl, get the bowl. I got the bowl. I gave it to him. And I'm like, it's okay. He's like, yeah, it's okay. And then he goes, barfs again. So I was like, well, that's weird. But it was just a one-off, right? So I bundled up all the stuff that he barfed on, got him changed, cleaned everything up. And uh, I text Sarah and I'm like, um, Malcolm just barfed. And she's like, I seriously, because she stayed home on Tuesday and she didn't feel good either. She had a cold and she's like, well, I'll, I'll come home. I don't feel good. It's not crazy busy here. I, I'll take care of him. So I'm like, okay, cool. Because I don't, I don't get a lot of personal days and I like to save them, you know, for when I'm sick, because if he's sick, Sarah has personal days or sick time that she, that just accumulates, but I only get so many per year now, which really fucking sucks, but that's life. And, uh, so she came home and I went to work and I tell you, I've never been happier to go to work and, uh, they're okay. So I'm working and then this guy had called in sick and, or sorry, no, I'm making a mistake. This guy that I work with has a kid that goes to the exact same daycare that my kid goes to. So he gets called from that, from daycare saying, Hey, come pick up your kid. He's puking and shitting all over the place. So he had to leave work and now his route wasn't going out. Oh, I'm a mailman by the way, in case this is your first episode. So his mail route wasn't going out and they needed people to help out. And I was like, I looked at my boss. I'm like, listen to me, my kid and uh, Jim Bob's kid, go to the same daycare. I'm like, my kid has the same flu bug that his kid does. So like, I don't know if I can help out. And he's like, please, please. And I love my boss so much. He's just such a good guy. And I called my wife and she's like, yeah, okay, do the fucking overtime. And I didn't want to do the overtime because it had been picked over already. And the only part that was left was the shittiest part of all. Like just door to door townhouses with really heavy flyers. And basically I was wading through ankle deep dog shit and mud and cigarette butts and just not a cool scene and it was really heavy and really annoying and it took for fucking ever and I don't know why I'm telling you that except to complain about it so there have at it so while I'm doing all that Sarah is at home cleaning up barf and sharts and because my kid's potty trained right so he wanted to play in this little fort so Sarah made him a little fort because after he'd barf he'd be euphoric he'd be like oh I'm fine yeah mama don't worry about me mommy I'm all good oh yeah He'd throw up, oh yeah, I'm fine now. My, my body tells me I'm healthy. Okay, so she set him up in this, <laughs> in this little fort with a blanket covering it and he goes in there and he waddles on out and he's like, mommy, I think I have to pee. And he's, you know, waddling out very gingerly and she can see the diarrhea sliding down his legs. Fuck. 
So uh, I missed all of this. By the time I got home, he had been sleeping for like two some odd hours. And I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to stay home tomorrow because I don't want to send him to daycare. Like, cause you know, I mean the one day the flu and even though he was moving around, he wasn't lethargic or anything. Still the next day you need time to recover. Okay. So Thursday night comes around and Sarah around six or seven, she looks, she looks like someone smacked her in the face with a sledgehammer. Like she's just white as a ghost. And she's like, I feel really hot. I don't feel good. I, I'm not going to be well. And it was her night to put Balcom to bed. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, have a little rest. She's like, something terrible is going to happen to me. <laughs> so I looked at her. I'm like, all right. I cleaned up the kitchen, got everything done. Go upstairs with Malcolm and it begins. And she throws up approximately, according to her, every 45 minutes the entire night through. So at points she's alternating. I really shouldn't be telling you this, but she doesn't listen to my show. So as punishment for that, I'm going to tell you gruesome details about her body. Uh, she just had a, had a mess of everything, every ounce of food that was ever in her food. She was thinking about eating all came out like this flu bug, bug, like tran transition time. There was a space time continuum there where even food she may have thought about eating four years from now came out one way or another. It came out and, uh, she like, she barfed so hard that she burst the blood vessels around her eyes. That's how. That's how hard she barfed all night long. So I'm like, okay, well, I should stay home on Friday. And uh, she wasn't well. And I just wanted to give Malcolm that extra day, right? So that he didn't go back when he really wasn't tip top. So I stayed home Thursday. I stayed home Friday. Now Friday, I had this genius idea that I was going to utilize this time that I'm supposed to be taking care of my child and my loved one to um, rotisserie a pork butt on the barbecue with hickory smoked chips, like really make a good pulled pork. It's been my dream. It's been my dream for some time. And I bought the fucking rotisserie. And if you know anyone who's stupid enough to take home a box that looks like it's obviously been, been taped shut, I am that person. And I noticed it when I got into the car and I thought, uh, you know, so what if the box is open? I don't care if the box is open. It doesn't really matter. Who cares? Someone just opened it. Not a big deal. So I get it home and it's missing a bunch of screws and a bunch of washers and had very obviously been all taken apart. And there's something about that when it comes with comes to food. Like, plus I paid for a full priced rotisserie. So I don't really want the shitty ass one that someone's already, you know, put in their asshole or something. I don't really want that. So I went back, had to return it. And poor Sarah is here with Malcolm, um, halfway dead. Like really she was pale. She looked like shit. She looked like absolute shit. Couldn't keep anything down. The smell of bread was nauseating to her. And uh, so I went there, got that, come back. And just so you know who the, what the parameters are, she's the pretty one. I'm the other one with translation, ugly one. But after that, other than that, I don't know who the man is in this relationship. Quote unquote man, you know, someone, things that do specifically masculine things. So someone say Sarah, for example, would be the one to put anything together, anything and everything that needs putting together. That's her job. She mounted the TV. She does other, she has tools. I don't have tools. I don't really know what anything does really. Everything I know about tools I've learned from Handy Manny this year. So now I've got this rotisserie and you have to set up like a mount to put the fucking motor on. Now, anyone, anyone, my niece could have put this thing on four minutes. It took me 20 minutes and it was freezing fucking cold outside. And it really wasn't that complicated. What threw me off is it said that the, the mount for the motor should be on the left side. And on the left side, there was no openings, but on the right side, there were the two screws that the 
that it was looking for. Now, anybody that's not fucking halfway retarded would say, oh, well, I have a different model than this is made for, so maybe my mounts are on the right side. Not me. Nope, not me. Took me hell of a long time to figure out that I should just mount it on the right side. So eventually I did just do that. And I put my pork on there. I got it spinning. I got the hickory chips burning. I've got some water in there, trying to keep it at the perfect temperature. And my girlfriend is dying while I'm doing this. And she's trying to watch my kid, you know. And then eventually I'm just like, Sarah, go upstairs. She's like, just pray for me. Just, just pray. So I sent her upstairs. I got her some 7-Up and uh, a few crackers. And she went and laid down for a few hours. And uh, then Malcolm went for a nap. And then he barfed all over his bed and his stuffed animals. And the worst part is I was downstairs just being a fuckhead and he was upstairs and Sarah was upstairs with her door closed so she wouldn't hear him screaming because my child does not have an inside voice. My child has outside voice and outside voice infinity. So, and it's really funny because he'll be like, bah, 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 and I'll be like, Malcolm, just, just, you don't have to talk so loud. Okay. Okay, mama. I'm sorry. I talk so loud. Baba. Like, okay. Okay. Just uh, bring it down a notch. Okay. So he's upstairs and he goes knocking on um, our bedroom door. And I didn't think anything of it because I thought he wanted to go and just visit Sarah. So he's knocking and then I hear running and then I hear knocking again and then I hear running again. So I'm like, what the fuck? And then I go upstairs and he's just bawling. And I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> I was like, why do you smell like Doritos? <laughs> I had a widow barf. I was like, what? And then I look, sure enough, his shirt's got barf all over it. And he had eaten Doritos before he went to bed because I'm an excellent parent. Mind your own fucking business. You go into his room. I see all the barf. I collect everything, put it in the washer. He calms down and he's like, mama, I have to pee. And we went on the toilet and he's just got the squirts, like just water. He's just pissing out of his ass. I'm peeing. And I'm like, you sure are. <laughs> you sure are, kid. Good work there, buddy. Yeah. So and then he gets off the toilet. He's like, that, that pee is really dirty. That's really dirty pee. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> Because you don't need to know you have diarrhea. I mean, in a perfect world, no one really needs to know that you have diarrhea. So I tried to spare him of that. Great. So that's fine. He had a slight relapse. We just gave him a few crackers before bed, put him to bed. And okay, now I don't feel very well. And I know that because my roast is done. It's beautiful, smoky, delicious, wonderful roast that took me all day on the barbecue, watching it, babying it, making sure the water was full in there, that it was at the exact right temperature, getting that bark just right. You know how fat people like to know about food? That's what I do, yeah. So um, I wasn't feeling well. And I'm like, Sarah, I don't feel well. And she's like, you're next. I mean, statistically, you're, you're going to go down. It's only a matter of time. And I was like, okay. Because <laughs> I had seen everyone else go through this like horrible event, and I didn't really want to join them. And... Um, I knew at some point I had to rip apart this pulled pork. So I'm trying to like, you know, walk it off. Just walk it off. It's not happening. It's all in your mind. Positive mental attitude. You can do this. You don't have to throw up. It's optional. Right? If you if you build it, they will come. Right? So I'm ripping up this um, pulled pork and I'm tasting a bit here and there. And uh, then I realize I can't stand the smell of it anymore. And I'm feeling really lightheaded. So I pack it all up into a container, put it in the fridge and rinse away the smell. But my clothes smell like smoke because I've been like outside dicking around with this stupid thing all day long. So I can't stand the smell of that. So I take that off and then I go have a shower, get dressed again, put Malcolm to bed, lay down and it hits me and I'm like, oh fuck. Because you know when your mouth waters and usually you're hungover, you know, and you've kind of done it to yourself. But this time, I don't know what I did to deserve this. 
And Tanya on Facebook said, not enough Lysol spray, but I've been drinking that shit for years and it doesn't fucking do anything. Cheap joke, cheap joke. Um, yeah, so I get up and I projectile vomit. I'm really glad I made it to the toilet. I barfed all over it, all over it. And then I had the joy of cleaning it up afterwards. Yes. So after that, I'm like, okay, maybe it's a one-off. Just because Sarah was up all night, she's got a weak stomach. She's Scandinavian. They don't have the strongest immune system. I've been eating dirt since I was old enough to eat dirt. Do you know what I mean? So it was a one-off. Good for me. Good for me. And then I fall asleep, wake up at five and I'm like, yeah, okay. Round two, round two, except this time it's asshole. <laughs> so I go downstairs and I piss out of my ass continuously for about 10 minutes. Why do you need to know this? I don't know. It's happening to me. So I'm sharing it with you. Cause maybe just maybe sometime you've been scared to fart too. So why can't we share this commonality of, of life? You know, we're just sharing experiences here. Mostly me, but sometimes you on occasion. <sighs> yeah, so I lay down and I was worn out. I had one more shit attack. Uh, again, very watery, very loose stool. Yeah, and uh, I slept all day Saturday. Because I just, and Sarah's like, oh my God. Like if you barfed as much as I barfed, you would have been sleeping for three days. I was like, well, yeah, I felt like lightheaded and dizzy and I was praying for death. So sorry. Okay. I needed to sleep and that's it. That's where we are. And now I've, I've uh, proceeded to somehow get my sister sick and my niece sick because they came over here for supper. Oh shit. Was it Thursday or Friday? I think it was Thursday. So yeah. Anyway, um, according to Facebook, it's all over the city and I really hope it's all wiped out by the time Malcolm goes back to school on Monday. All right. And that's my, uh, shitty story. <laughs> oh, I'm just on fire today. I am just on fire. Okay. There's two more things I want to talk to you about. Number one, how am I going to get rid of all this pulled pork? Cause I mean, I really should eat it and I'm sure just barfing it up may have ruined it for me, but I really feel like I need to push past it, get over it. Just eat a big old hunk of pulled pork on a nice doughy baguette, some coleslaw on top, homemade barbecue sauce. It just, yeah, it sounds right. It sounds right. So I'm going to get to that. Okay. Now, um, there, okay. There's something weird I want to bring up to you. Um, Twitter's a weird thing. Some celebrities have their Twitter accounts like done by publicists. And I think it should be so for the most part, say for example, Martha Stewart, I know for a fact that she does her own Twitter account. And I know that because she's 68 fucking years old and, uh, posted a really inappropriate picture. Let me tell you about it. Okay. So I'm up and I'm scrolling through Twitter like I do. And I see Martha Stewart has posted a picture of her, I don't know, six, seven, eight year old granddaughter with her hair in like a French braid in the back. And the kid has no shirt on. She's just shirtless. And I was like, Oh, who cares about that? And then I start to think she can't be that stupid. So I check, I click on the photo, it enlarges and um, so what you see is the back of a girl, she's sitting on like a little kind of pillow and she's drawing, except she's not wearing any clothes at all. And so from behind, you can see her little butt outline on this mat cause she's sitting on it and you can see that she's naked coloring on a piece of paper, which I mean, you know what, if we were, that's not all that weird to share with say a family member who, you know, isn't a pedophile, but maybe that's incredibly fucking weird to share with the entire universe. So I was like, oh my God, what is she doing? Why would you post a picture 
of your granddaughter naked like that on the fucking internet. And uh, I, I wrote under there, I'm like, Martha, not a good thing. And everyone's like, oh my God, take this down right now. Put some clothes on that girl. What's the matter with you? Everyone's giving her shit. So 10, 15 minutes later, she gets, she takes it down. And then she posts a, an apology saying that, oh, she thought she had cropped the photo. As if, Martha, as if you know how to fucking crop a photo. You're 68 years old. Yeah, you can make a mean muffin, maybe a streusel. But your, Twitter's not for you. You need to hand that shit back to your PR person and just... And just go crochet something, okay? Because now that little girl, there's fucking pedophiles everywhere. Someone screen grabbed it, I'm sure. And they're all going to be sharing that. So you've just basically unintentionally created porn for fucking weirdos. Like, fucking get your head out of your ass. That's just goddamn awful. And then eventually she took down the apology and just pretended like it never happened. Except it did. And we all know that it happened. And it was fucking weird. Yeah. Just... I, I just would never do that. Even, like, I just would never. And there's nothing wrong with her being naked on a private deck on vacation, but it doesn't need to go on the internet, Martha. I'm talking to you. God, you're just... Like, I don't know which part of her fucking dumb brain thought that would be a good idea. I just don't get it. Okay. Uh, all right, let's go to someone who's at least a little bit funny and doesn't talk about shit, and Martha Stewart. So let's go. Okay, so this one is a very special treat. I used to do a podcast called Return to Sender, and on that show, there were, when we first started up, it was hard going at first, and then people caught on, and then they stayed on for a fair amount of time. So the segment I have coming up is a relatively new segment submitter to this show, but an old segment submitter from the old show. Like, he may not have sent in audio, but he did do a lot of um, emailing and stuff. We had a competition once about who who could post the most things promoting our show and get us the most iTunes reviews, yada, yada. And Teabag won. The gentleman you're about to hear from, man, he's just really well-spoken, really funny. He won that competition, and that contest came with, like, a huge Slayer bong <laughs> that we had donated to the show for advertising. And, uh, yeah, Teabag took the biggest hoot I have ever seen in my life. Like, the amount of smoke that he exhaled, Wow. Yeah, he could have smoked my por my pulled pork, I think. Oof. Jesus. And he also offered to be a sperm donor <laughs> in a very funny way for Sarah and I. He, I think he had a Hugh Hefner-style robe on and a, and a pipe in the picture that uh, he sent in. And he listed all his attributes about why he should be the donor, his physicality, how smart he is, how many instruments he played. You know, really should have taken him up on that offer, I think. Anyway, listen, he's here. He's back with us, and I'm really happy to hear from him. So here's uh, Teabag. Hello, Sandra. It's uh, your friend Tyler here. I apologize for uh, the delay on my segment. I, I just really didn't know what to say. You know, I didn't want to waste any of your listeners' time with the minutiae of my boring life. But uh, I don't know. I kind of have something to talk about right now. It's just... I, uh, I just had sex with a girl. Like, you know, I met her off the internet. and This was my absolute first time ever being in her presence and within, like, half an hour... It was in, you know, and you know, when I say in, I mean like for like three fucking minutes. Oh, it was, it was just terrible. And it was even it was even worse for her, you know, I'm sure. Like, it was just, oh, I just don't even know where to begin on this one. Uh, so I met this girl on Plenty of Fish, obviously. Like, where else would you meet the girl that you have sex with within an hour of meeting her on the internet? Plenty of Fish, of course. Not on any kind of pay site. So, yeah, um... I've been talking to this girl off and on for, like, several months, and, like, she just has, like, no recollection 
of having previous interactions for me. Like, we have, like, kind of met and talked, like, three separate times now, and she just can't seem to remember who I am, which makes me think that, you know, she's sleeping with a lot of guys. But, and why I would be drawn to that, we'll get into later. But, uh, yeah, so anyways, we've been talking off and on and Snapchatting and whatnot, and then she kept, like, she's been hit, she hit me up on Tinder just recently, and, uh, she just kept hinting at, like, reasons she needed money, like, for, like, her shoes, like, she had shoes with no hole, like, holes in them, you know, she was, like, texting me money, like, or texting me, asking me for money for beer and whatnot, I was, like, really curious if this girl was, like, just a straight hooker at this point, you know what I mean, but, like I said, I followed her on Snapchat, and I just, I saw little tidbits of her life, you know, and I was just, like, I was really interested in possibly, like, a sick, unhealthy, morbid, Hannibal Lecter-esque way. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, I just, I really wanted to meet her, you know, like my friend, he had met her through one of his slut friends that he was banging who introduced them, and, you know, she was... At one point, she had, like, texted my buddy and, like, offered to give him a blowjob for, like, a ride. And then he had texted me, like like, offering me that same deal, because I apparently, whatever friend of his was cute enough, she would blow for the ride, so, you know, that right there, these are all warning signs, you people are probably thinking, like, why, why would you go have sex with this person, like, the answer is, like, I don't really know, besides that, I don't know, I'm just, I'm just a weak-willed man, and I, I thought maybe it would be good, you know, like, sometimes when you bang whores, like, they're really good at it, but I don't know if she was mentally ill or something like that, like, like, Oh, hold on, I'm going to backtrack. I did not have sex with somebody who was, like, you know, disabled or anything like that, but she just had a real aversion to eye contact, which, you know, I just kind of thought was weird. And then, I don't know, I could tell she wasn't really into it, and when we got back to her apartment, like, there was, like, one of her slut friends was being fucked, and, like, they were being really loud. And then that was kind of unnerving, and oh, she didn't even have a sheet on her bed. Like, she had told me that her room was a mess, but... I really wasn't prepared for what I was going to see. Like, there was no sheets on the bed. Like, just shit everywhere. This little whining dog in the corner that she wasn't being very nice to. And it made me feel bad for the dog because, you know, I, I love my dog. And I kind of felt bad that I left her at home to go bang this worthless skank. So, yeah, anyways. Like, I banged her and it just... Just such a hollow, empty feeling. And this isn't the first time this has happened. You know, I, I just really need to stop trying to have sex with girls that I have absolutely no connection with because I, I just can't phone it in on this one. I don't know what's wrong with me. Maybe I'm a good person. I don't know. No, no, I, I wouldn't say that. Given everything you've heard up until this point, I'm pretty sure everybody would be, you know, inclined to agree with my assessment on that one. But yeah, I don't know. Like, where am I going with this? I, I, I don't know. I just, I guess I needed to confess it. Like, I just needed to get it off my chest. Like, I don't even know if I'll tell my friend, you know? Like, because I was the one who was telling him to stay away from this crazy whore. Because she was texting him asking for money, for rides and whatnot. Like, I don't know what the fuck is wrong with you, Sandra. I, I really don't know. But, um, anyways. I, I guess, like, moral of the story is, like, don't bang whores that you meet on the internet or who are just, like, willing to have sex with you within, you know, like, 20 minutes of meeting you. Like, just... Just avoid that, everybody. All right. Talk to you later, Sandra. Okay. Well, I didn't anticipate that, but um, holy shit. Okay. 
okay, so let's just talk this out for a second. You're young, you're fun, you're full of cum, and um, I, I guess I would have been more afraid than you were, apparently, to get into the situation. Like, my paranoia is, gonna, is that there was going to be a gigantic man there to beat me up and steal my shit. So that's why I wouldn't have gone to that girl's house. Now, you went... Uh, you got it wet for about three minutes, apparently, and uh, wasn't that great? And there was a dog, and, like, none of the, nothing about this screams fun. You feel dirty. You feel bad. Um, you use the word slut a lot, so I'm just going to make the assumption that she's not right in the head. That she just, like, I, I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's like, why would you, something's wrong with her. Like, did... Did her dad abandon her? Does she have father issues? Why, why is she having sex with a virtual stranger? And she doesn't even, it's not even like she remembers all of the interaction you guys have had before. So to her, you could just be anyone. Joe Blow. <laughs> so um, I, here's my suggestion. You obviously feel bad about it. Um, I would suggest that perhaps you try to meet a girl you have something in common with. Maybe don't focus on getting it wet. Maybe find someone who likes the same kind of music you do or something and form a relationship with them instead of like, this just feels like it was so unsatisfying for you on so many levels. Like it just, uh, it feels like pretty woman, except she's like a real dirty prostitute and you're not really Richard Gere either. So let's just move away from that. I feel like um, you're good enough. Like you're, you're handsome charming. Uh, I don't know why you're going down this dirt path because numbers aren't everything, especially when you, you know, you lay down with a, with a tramp and you wake up with crabs. Like, I really hope you double bagged it there. Please, please. Did you teabag her? Oh, sorry. Oh, <laughs> there go all my lesbian listeners. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's terrible. Okay. So Snapchatting, I don't know what that means. I, th I thought that meant boobs. Does that mean boobs? You send someone a picture of your boobs and then they, um, they can't, or they can screen, screen grab it and then you get notified, but they only get to look at the picture for three seconds. Is that what it is? And any girl that doesn't at least have like even a flat sheet, anyone who's just sleeping on a mattress, that weirds me out. Like you need something. Like I understand if you don't have a fitted sheet on there, but you need a flat sheet. You need something, a comforter, anything. Ugh, God. So she's not the gal for you, it seems like. It seems like you need, you need to move on. How about a nurse? Could you, could you wander around outside a hospital? Maybe a nurse needs a light for her cigarette. Maybe you could meet that way. I think you live somewhere small too. Not too far from here. Can't remember where. So look, you need to put your feelers out. Go to church. Meet a nice girl there. Maybe you could go to a library. I think you need a fulfilling relationship. I think these like weird 45-minute run-ins, not cool. Maybe plenty of fish, not the best one. Maybe pay. Maybe if you go to one of those pay sites, there won't be so many transient hookers asking for beer money because they'll have the $130 to spend on the, on the dating site that these plenty of fish girls do not. And a lot of things are like, well, why should you have to pay to meet someone online? Because, because this, because her, and because you, you know, spend that 130 bucks or whatever it is, go online, meet someone nice. It happens. This is how people meet now. I don't know. I, no one goes to bars anymore. Ugh, sorry. Sorry, homeboy. The kids still say homeboy. If I were you, I'd just take as many really, really hot rape showers as you possibly can. 
that's all you can do. And eventually the memory will fade. Um, to quote Daniel Tiger, a children's program, it's okay to feel sad sometimes. Little by little, you'll feel better again. And that's, look, those are sage words of advice there. You will feel better again. It will get better. But just don't, you know what, chalk this up as a life lesson and move on. Because um, you can do better. This was not a good situation. And uh, it may have felt moderately good for three minutes, but it's going to come with days of y yucky feelings. Yeah. Just, just stick your dick in a bottle of bleach and, uh, and try to cleanse yourself mentally. I don't know how you're going to do that part, though. You'll be okay. You'll be okay. Everybody makes mistakes. It's part of growing up. And as long as you learn from it, no mistake is a bad mistake. Am I right, folks? Am I right? I feel very motherly, very maternal towards you, Teabag. All right. It's okay. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Okay. Hang in there, buddy. Um, so next, we have something from Rose. I think she's gone to a party. If you close the door, the night could last forever. Keep the sun shine out and say hello to never. Hey everybody, this is Rose, and those were the first two lines of a song called After Hours by the Velvet Underground, as sung by me, not too differently from how it's originally sung by the female drummer in that 60s band. Anyway, here we go. I am here to talk about a horrible birthday party that I went to back in January, and let me just say straight off the bat, I am someone who has hated parties for as long as I can remember. I'll say junior high. I'm pretty sure I didn't mind my own birthday parties in elementary school. I probably didn't like going to other people's parties, though, even in elementary school. So just understand that going into this birthday party that I went to. So anyway, the birthday girl wasn't particularly a close friend of mine. She's more of an acquaintance. But she's the best friend of one of my best friends here. Um, so we'll call the birthday girl B. We'll call my best friend and our mutual friend S. Um, and here we go. I'm just going to go through. I've got a bunch of bullet points from the party because I swear to Christ, if I went over every horrible detail from the weird conversations, this segment would be over an hour long. And I'm really terrified of how long it's going to be anyway. So here we go. Um, when we got to B's house, we were greeted at the door by Jennifer, a drunk millennial woman who was wearing a bright aqua synthetically shiny broad-shouldered jogging suit from the late 80s, early 90s. Apparently, she's too young to know that irony was declared dead in the 80s. Just fucking horrible. Just, like, seriously. I mean, I get it. When I was, like, a punk rock-looking kid back in the 80s, by the way, I don't consider myself punk rock anymore. It's so weird to hear you refer to me that way. I mean, it's like, I guess you mean it as a compliment, but it's weird to me. But anyway, back to whatever. I know people judge my appearance of like, oh, why would such a pretty girl do that to herself? And and that's how I felt with with this Jennifer person. It's like, why the fuck would you wear such a fucking ugly jogging suit? Just, it's not funny. It's just, it's the kind of shit that I hated in the 80s originally, so I don't understand celebrating it now. Okay, fuck, I need to like stop that or I'm never going to get going. Anyway, Jennifer kept bragging about her 
free wine and free champagne, complete with air quotes, because she got it 50% off, which in her mind, her economic prowess, it was free. And she mentioned this at least 15 times, laughing every time as she was constantly refilling everyone's glass so she could constantly refill her own at the same time. Oh, we love drunky drunks. We love people who can't stop drinking for five hours straight or probably longer because she was, like I said, she was drunk when we showed up. Anyway, another person who showed up was Robin. She was the resident butch with the chip on her shoulder about anything whiffing of patriarchy. And yeah, I'm saying that as an old school hardline feminist. Um, she brought up this video that she saw, or maybe it was an article that she read, about a, a woman who put wool up her cunt while menstruating and then knitted the yarn as she pulled it out of her cooter full of blood throughout her cycle. Um, Robin and some of the other women there thought this was awesome. I'll also mention that later Later on, tarot cards were brought out and taken seriously. I can't even go there with that. I just can't. I think the menstrual thing pretty much says it all. Um, much later in the party, this woman named Tara showed up, and when we were introduced, I said, oh yeah, Tara, I met you at Craftyland when I was there with, uh, with B last month. And Tara said, oh yeah, I was really drunk that day. I'm really drunk now. And this was a statement that didn't need to be said because it was all too obvious both times. Um, I'm skipping over a lot of Tara drama, but I will say that she was late because she had just come from her young adult science fiction book club at the library. Apparently someone in her book club had referenced how many times she'd pooped that day. That made every everybody at the party laugh. And Jennifer, who we later learned was obsessed with fiber, egged Tara on to drunkenly call this book club member so we could all sing happy poop day to the tune of happy birthday. I did not partake in that, neither did my friend S. Um, Jennifer was later surprised uh, that this British guy at the party was only 31 years old. She joke insulted him, oh my god, I thought you were like 50. And I quietly said, what's wrong with 50? I've already done that, which either no one else heard or wanted to acknowledge. Oh, anyway, Sanchez, I'll clarify it. I'm 51. I'll be 52 in August. Okay, I'm scrolling through more and more details here that I have to skip for the sake of time. I will say that Robin, you know, the, the cooter, blood, cooter blood butch, um, was also concerned about she was going to, she was planning on quitting or getting fired from her job. Um, so she was worried that her boss was going to start snooping through her work computer and her search, you know, her internet search history thingy, um, or even worse, her download history, because apparently Robin was regularly down downloading some large file named cunt because of course that's what anyone would do in the workplace computer and on the job and especially if that job is being a caretaker to developmentally disabled youth and adults so so go millennials i fully understand why people shit on and make fun of millennials jesus fucking christ how fucking stupid can you be i'm gonna download a file called cunt and nobody's gonna think that there's anything wrong with it because i'm a lady and therefore like i'm sure there's nothing wrong with it whereas if a guy 
I did the same thing, and you filed name cunt, he'd be fired immediately because it would be considered pornography. Fuck that double standard. Don't be a fucking idiot at work. Okay, sorry, I'm digressing. I've had coffee. Um, so anyway, as I mentioned earlier, Tara had showed up shit-faced, and she drove herself to the party, and she left even more shit-faced, and no one took her keys. And I'm sorry, but what the fuck is that about? Like, why would you let your friend drive home drunk? Do you hate your friend that much? Do you hate everybody else on the road that much? I'm in no position to take anybody's keys because I take the fucking bus. But why? Uh, I just, I just, I swear to Christ, I just don't understand people. Um, scrolling down more. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. This is. This is where I real this I buried the lead, man. Because the thing is, is regardless of how good or bad a party is, you know it's taken a turn for the worst when one of the guests says, I've killed a cat. Or more specifically, she killed her own cat. Not that that really makes killing any cat sound any better. But there you go. Most of the guests had left. It was me, S, B, mm, the British guy, his wife, and, uh, and Jennifer. And that's when Jennifer drunkenly admitted to killing her cat because she herself got too high at the beach. And, uh, yeah, why did Jennifer feel the need to confess this in the first place? It was her way of explaining why B's cats and all cats didn't like her, because they knew she was a killer. Now, I also got to say, for all of Jennifer's awfulness that I've already pointed out so far, minus the whole cat killing thing, she did have a really great sense of humor, and we had an ongoing running joke of murder-suicide packs at a birthday party. So, you know, that's good. Um, but back to the cat killing thing. As soon as she confessed it, um, we just went silent for... Uh, for what felt like a really fucking long time. And we were like in a really tiny living room. So it was just claustrophobic, quiet, and awkward. Um, but anyway, Jennifer said that she'd had this cat for 10 years and was living in Humboldt, which is Northern California, which is really known, has always been known as a weed central town um, and has a super liberal arts college there and whatever. It's a total like hippie, way too fucked up stoner kind of a town in Northern California. Um, but anyway, she said she was living there and that it wasn't uncommon for people to bring their cats to the beach. So she took her cat to the beach um, quite a few times. I don't know if it was on a leash or what. Cat killer didn't get, you know, detailed in those little fashion accessory uh, information things. That was a bad sentence. But this time, uh, Jennifer got really high at the beach and thought that she'd been there for hours and went home and her roommate said, no, dude, you've only been gone like 20 minutes or so. And she got high again and then eventually remembered she'd left her cat at the beach. We asked her, like, did you at least go to the Humane Society to see if she'd been turned in or go look for her or post flyers? And at first, Jennifer said she did all that. 
But aside from first going out to look that day and the Humane Society, every other day she'd invite friends over to put up flyers and help look for the cat, but they'd get drunk and high instead and never leave her place to go look for the kitty. So that's awesome. Um, a lot of people tried to cheer Jennifer up, or maybe they were just trying to make all of the rest of us feel better. I didn't. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking cheer, try to cheer you up for being such a fucking irresponsible, awful human being when you've got another life that you're taking care of. I don't care if it's a goddamn kid, a goddamn rat, a goddamn snake, a goddamn dog, cat, whatever. If you've got a living creature that's dependent upon you, you do not fuck with it and you take it seriously. And oh my God, how much caffeine have I had today? Anyway, I like to think of myself as a quality cat lady, not a quantity cat lady, but I digress. So anyway, some of the idiots were trying to cheer Jennifer up, saying that the cat probably hadn't died at all. Someone had probably rescued it, etc. Um, I should also say that my friend S was completely silent in this situation, um, just like she was silent when the whole prank poop day phone call was going on. Um, and the British guy's wife even said that Jennifer's cat was lucky to have at least gone to the beach because the cat that she has just sees the inside of our apartment. I'm sorry. I'm never going to think that a cat was lucky to have at least gone to the beach if that ends up meaning that it was abandoned or killed. Even if being abandoned or killed isn't part of it, I don't think a cat really wants to fucking go to the beach. Sand is a pain in the ass to walk in. It can't be good inside your paws. And let's forget about the ocean and how much cats love water. Okay, again, I'm digressing. I'm really sorry. Back to the party. Um, so... So, yeah, that was it. I mean, it, back to the party. What What's left after that, after this, like, cat-killing abandonment thing happens? Um, so I don't know, like, which made the, the party creepier, either her story, either Jennifer's story about the dead or missing cat or people doing that bullshit thing of trying to turn every single goddamn truly negative into some fake shiny-ass synthetic positive, just like Jennifer's jogging suit. But holy fuck, it... It just reinforced, A, I don't want to hang out with Biz anymore. Fuck, I just said her name. Whatever. Who gives a shit? I don't really feel like I want to hang out with her anymore because if you bring people like that into your home, that to me says a lot about you. And Jennifer is like one of her best friends. So she she's probably seen a lot of other fucked up shit behavior and still accepts that in her life. And I'm sorry, that's just ick, 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 ick. Oh my God, I'm a judgmental asshole, but there you go. I'm sorry. I'll never go to a party again. Um, sorry about the gap. Um, but I did go to a meetup sponsored by a local anxiety and depression group. Yeah, I know. I bet you're thinking, wow, that sounds even more horrible than this party that you went to. But no, it was awesome. It was. It felt really safe and comforting to know that I was surrounded by people who also have struggles and are able to force themselves out into awkward group settings to play whatever games are there and just have fun and not be competitive. And it didn't turn into like a group therapy experience at all. It was just really awesome and felt really healthy. And um, yeah, I made people laugh a lot. And other people actually made me laugh, which 
doesn't happen all that often um, outside, of course, my favorite podcasters and comedians. So anyway, there you go. Um, I'm going to keep doing game nights with fucked up people like me and avoid parties with fucked up drunks and fucked up cat killers and fucked up bloody cunt worshipers. Bye. What a party. Okay. Yeah. Rose likes to party uh, with millennials. Here's how old I am. I didn't even know what a millennial was. I had to look it up. Yeah. Okay, well, here's what Grandma found out. A millennial is someone reaching adulthood around the year 2000. Um, yeah, okay. I, I get what you're saying. It, it wasn't a good scene. I feel perhaps it was uh, really weird. And I don't know what the fuck is going on in Portland. I really imagined that it was quite like Portlandia, where... People just walked around eating and drinking, drinking fair trade things and growing plants and eating hummus and, you know, raising chickens. That's what I imagined. I didn't realize that there was going to be someone shoving a piece of wool up their vagina um, for whatever reason. Uh, the cat killing thing. Yeah, um, some, something's wrong there. Something has gone wrong with that woman. There's a chemical imbalance, perhaps. Maybe... Maybe did she travel to Canada and sleep with Tyler? Is that what happened there? Because I don't think it's too far off. How do you forget a cat? I guess, why would you get high and go to a beach? I don't know. These are all questions I can't answer. Um, yeah, you, you know, you could just leave these parties, but then you wouldn't have these stories to tell. So stay at these parties and take notes. And if you can get any kind of audio, like interview, the cat killer perhaps maybe next time, I'd really like to get my hands on, on that. Because there's always people that things just miraculously happen to when they tell the story. Like, it's like it happened to her. It happened to the fucking cat, really. Oh, I went and took my cat to the beach. Okay, first of all, who walks a cat? It's your first problem, right? Second problem, the beach is hot. I don't think she brought a dish of water. And the sand's going to be hot. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say to you. I feel, uh, Rose, you're surrounded by really unusual people in unattractive tracksuits. Um, I'm just, you know what? I'm just going to say a prayer for you. That's all I can do, really. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Portland seems less attractive now somehow. But the anxiety group up, or group up, <laughs> anxiety meetup, good. Very good. Surrounding yourself by people with the same problems, much like I do with you guys all the time, is, uh, is a good thing. It's good to have support with people who feel the same way that you do. Commonality of purpose, right? Kind of? Not really? No, I don't think that was the right phrase. Okay. Okay, having said that, Having said that, translation, let's move on. Okay, because I don't really, I'm kind of lame. Thanks for sending that in, Rose. It was, it was, it was surely interesting. Portland's a weird fucking place. But in a good way, mostly, for the most part. Uh, you know, I'm more disturbed about the wool in the vagina than I am about the cat murderess, which really shouldn't be. It should really be the other way around, right? Probably. Okay. Okay, last week we were talking about, or was it last week or the week before? I can't remember. We were talking about straight sex and how I don't understand it. And I have a listener named Julia that sent in a quick three minute clip explaining um, how she sees things. Cause she's slept with both men and women, I think. So let's, let's tune into that, shall we? Hi Sandra, this is Julia. I thought I'd share my theory, fancy theory, on the difference between uh, straight sex and lesbian sex. I mean, aside from the pretty obvious physical differences, I'm talking more about, like, the emotional dynamics. 
And why do lesbians have more orgasms than straight women? I think part of the difference is just based around the mechanics <laughs> of sex. If a straight couple is having sex and the woman isn't really having a good time, I think a lot of women feel like it would be selfish to stop because he's still doing his thing and he's still having a good time. And if you're just like, nope, I'm done. I'm not having a good time. We're done. That would be kind of a dick move, right? I would think, unless he's being an ass. But in general, if you're in a loving relationship, there's going to be times when you're doing it and he's having a good time and you're not. Do you be the person who just stops the party? I'm not saying that you should fake it. And I'm not saying it's something that you should put up with on a regular basis either. Because it takes two to tango, right? So I don't know if that's part of it. I've never really been in a straight relationship, but that's my thoughts on it <laughs> based on the limited experience I have. But on the other hand, when it comes to lesbian sex, if there's two women doing it, like if I was having sex with my girlfriend and she was touching me and I wasn't feeling it, and I'm like, okay, it's not going to happen tonight, it, it would stop, right? I wouldn't, it would be selfish of me to let her keep going. I would say I don't know if lesbians have sex as often as straight women do in the committed relationship thing, but like I'm not surprised to hear <laughs> that we have more orgasms. I don't know, and maybe that's just me because I'm sure there's women out there who like other women who, well that's like the whole pillow princess issue, right? Where one of them's having a good time, one of them's not, and chances are that relationship's probably not going to last very long. And if it does, it probably lasts longer than it should. I'm thinking if you're that selfish in the bedroom, there's probably other stuff that's going to get in the way of a serious relationship. I would think. So, I don't know. I think it's just based on the mechanics of the whole thing, which sounds really unsexy. Again, this is just my thoughts, so I could be totally, totally wrong. So, to sum it up... Maybe lesbians have more orgasms because we're just so fucking awesome in bed. Seriously, though. <laughs> Realistically. I think it's just that we're less likely to go through the motions. And if we're not feeling it, then we're not going to do it. Anyways, back to you, Sandra. Thank you, Julia. I'm always looking for input. And I always feel like I come across like a man-hating dyke. And I'm really not. I'm really not. I'm just terminally confused about most things in my life, but straight sex especially. I mean, it's got to be good sometime, somehow, some way, somewhere. 90% of the people in the world are doing it. it it's got to be good at some point. I just feel like it can be dissatisfying perhaps, and maybe it's because lesbians, like there's lesbian time and then there's real time. And I think lesbians just get so close emotionally and it gets so intense and so it moves so quickly that they just fall really deeply in love and then I think when you really care for someone the sex can only get better right it's it's plus we're women right we look at sex in a different way than a man would I think Tyler may have a little bit of a of a sensitive side if he walked away from that encounter feeling dirty which I think is wonderful because if he were to walk away from that encounter high-fiving people he's not a good guy like he I think he felt like guilt or something so anyway I don't know what my point was I just feel like I like uh, teabag even more now than I did before but I just think that men and women are so different emotionally but I think when a man really loves a woman you know have you ever really loved a woman Brian Adams he's Canadian yeah thanks for that I really 
He's one of ours. Uh, yeah, quite proud. Quite proud. Um, did I ever tell you the story about how my car got broken into? Just a quick digression. And I had bought my girlfriend the um, Brian, Brian Adams CD, and we listened to Have You Ever Really Loved a Woman 160 times. And I also bought her the Dirty Dancing CD, the soundtrack, and listened to that forever. And my car got broken into, and I was never happier. Yeah, funny story. Okay. So I'll never really get heterosexual sex, I don't think ever, but I assume when both parties are in love and they're both, they're both have an emotional attachment, you care whether or not your partner gets off. And yes, I think initially, well, in my relationships anyway, initially, uh, when you first start dating, like we'd have sex a lot, like a lot, but then the longer you're together, things kind of wane and it becomes more, um, well, less frequent, but more wonderful. And you show intimacy in other ways, right? I just, I really just don't want to end up as the lesbian cliche with matching kitty cat sweatshirts sitting on the couch covered in Cheeto crumbs. I don't, I really don't want to do that because I'm getting, I'm getting portlier and portlier <laughs> and that sweater's looking more and more comfy and a short practical haircut sure would do me good right about now. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting a little terrified because it's lesbianism traditionally like stereotypical lesbianism is, is an evolving scale. You start with long hair, you're young, you're relatively thin, and then at some point, you're 55 with a high, tight haircut, spectacles, and a purple kitty cat sweatshirt. It's just what happens. It's just, it's just going to happen. So I need to really uh, figure that shit out. Julia, thank you so much. Um, I forgot what the fuck I was saying. I don't know if you can tell that. I'm trying to buy time now, because that's what a good podcast person does, and... Um, yeah, I'm always going to be baffled by heterosexual sex, but it must be good. It must be good. I think the women that have it the best in those relationships are women that can orgasm from penetration because then everybody wins. No one has to worry about coaching a partner through oral and fingering a girl's really complicated. Oral sex, also complicated. Vaginas are like snowflakes. It's really difficult, but it's like anything else you try to be good at. It's like golf. You can never be an expert at sex. You're always learning and growing and trying different things and popping stuff into other places and, you know, seeing what happens when you jiggle that and you, and you shake this and you smack that a little bit too sometimes, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's time to shut this one down. Oh, I, I'm changing jobs at work and I feel kind of sad about it because I've worked at this one place for, man, since 2008. So let's count that out. Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, seven years. Yeah. Am I the only one that had to count on their fingers? Sorry about that. Okay, we all have skills here. I eat a mean pussy and you can do basic math. Good for you. Good for you. Great. I hope you're happy with that. And I'm sad. And I've had my own route for a year now and I'm going back to relief, which means it could mean a different thing every day and cleaning up other people's messes every single day, which is stressful and annoying and I'm not looking forward to it. But in the same vein, I have to strategize because Canada Post is going through a really crazy change right now and I'm not trying to badmouth it. What I realize, I've come to the realization that uh, these changes will keep my pension intact and that's what I need. Every day, I'm grinding it down to get to that fucking pension. Every goddamn day. So whatever needs to happen needs to happen, I guess. Blah, 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 wah, wah, wah. This whole show's been fucking diarrhea and crybabies, you know? Like, God, I'm such a crybaby. Okay. Anyway, I'm just stressed out. I want to share it with you. And uh, my sister, okay, listen to this. I got a post on Facebook. It's a Golden Girls 
set, all four of them. Sophia, Dorothy, Rose, and Blanche in crocheted doll form. I just, I'm putting it out there. If I can get my sister to make them, because she's extremely talented, not the, not the slutty cunt one, but the other one with the kid. Um, if anybody wants to buy, like, would be interested in buying them, because I told her if she could make those fucking dolls, I'm pretty sure I could sell them. So if you're interested in buying a crocheted figurine, I haven't set a price yet because I don't know how much labor it's going to take and she's not going to work for sweatshop wages. I've already tried. So let me know if you're interested in one doll or a set. You can email me at changeofaddress69 at gmail.com. That's also if you want to send anything in. I think I just got a, an email from Tails that's not going to make it into the show, but I'll put Tails and uh, Rainbow sent me another segment called Gunt, which I'm holding on to. So next week, they're in. Uh, so change of address 69 at gmail.com. If you want to send anything in, if you want to send me an email, I really appreciate iTunes reviews. They make me feel good. They make me want to keep on going and keep in mind, I've taken an hour and a half out of my day to do this. Like I could be eating pulled pork sandwiches right now. Yes. Plural. One sandwich does not a meal make. Okay. Yeah. Portly, real portly husky. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. You can follow me on Twitter and friend me on Facebook. I'm not weird about it. Sandra D. Sanchez on both. Um, Stitcher, you can put us in your favorites. Listen to all the shows on Stitcher because those stats make me quite happy as well. And uh, podcast suggestions, uh, The Lesbian Lounge with Denise and Donna, mostly Denise. Ron and Beverly, right up there. The 40-Year-Old Boy podcast, also wonderful. Dead Authors podcast that uh, Electric Gary turned me on to. I really like that one. They just had Confucius. It's very, very funny. And uh, Keith and the Girl, also wonderful. Uh, I can't think of what else. Okay, that's it. Look, if you have any podcast recommendations, don't be shy about contributing to the show. If you want to, I'll take it easy on you. I will take you under my sweaty, flabby arm fat and make you feel comfortable with it. Because it's a scary thing. Maybe you're walking around right now. Maybe you're thinking, I feel like I could do this. And then you're feeling a little shy. Don't worry. Because, I mean, you know what? The first couple segments, you'll feel weird. It'll feel like you're reading something or that you're over-rehearsed. It's just natural. It's natural to feel weird like that. But eventually you just get used to sitting in your kitchen, sweating profusely and uh, talking into a microphone like a weirdo. So you too can do this. Any old fatty can. And that's what makes podcasting fun. Okay, that's it. I'm out. I feel like I want to sit here longer, but why? Why do that to everyone, right? Okay, have a good week and I will talk to you soon.